what do you miss the most about in-person events and what do you not miss? What I miss about pre-pandemic in-person events were the freedom, honestly, uh, the freedom to ex fully experience an event without restrictions, like without a slight level of, you know, anxiety and, or, or fear or concern. There's a lot of social anxiety now that takes away from the experience where I guess can't even really fully immerse themselves in this world that we have spent months creating for them and they're worried to have to wear masks. It, it takes away a lot when you can't see if somebody's smiling or you can't read facial expressions or anything. You can't hug to your own discretion. It's, it's a risk now every single time when you really want to be able to connect with people and social distancing doesn't allow for us to do a lot that we used to do before. So it's like experience light these days. Like we are now getting back to in-person, but it's, it's far from the same. It's very sad. It's like being on a diet. Like, yeah, you know, like, indeed. <laughs> it's, that is the it's best so analogy that I've heard so far. It's like the really boring low carb version. Have you Let's read, see. watched anything? that you think other event professionals would enjoy? The latest book I've read is The One Thing. The it's one really thing. drilling down to the focus of what you're looking to do and where your focus should be. So instead of spreading your time, energy on all of the things, which we do so well as yeah. event professionals, it really is called The, the One Thing. Awesome. It does force you to think what's a priority, what's not a priority and reframe how you're looking at situations. Do you have any good war stories? The generator crash with LA Fashion Week. We were at in an older venue, historical, beautiful, but obviously like the electricity, it wasn't enough to withstand what we were trying to do. So we had to bring in a whole nother generator. Five minutes until doors, people were lined up. We were trying to get people into their seats. The show was about to begin. We had this huge video wall, like 40 feet by 26 feet tall or something as like the main thing behind the walkway. So as the models are walking, there's this video wall behind them. And then literally everything just like goes dark. Oh. And as we're trying to get people seated so the people can't like see into the, like walk to their seats. Models oh. are still getting their makeup finished backstage. Oh. I mean, like the video wall shuts down. People are, they can't take pictures. Everything completely stops. And I am on the walkie-talkie trying to figure out why, what happened, and what do we need to do to get it done. And apparently, like, he was just, like, MIA. We couldn't find him. And so me and another member of our team, at that point, we just have to troubleshoot. We're, like, with the flashlight, like, we're looking at switches and things, and we're just like, okay, I think we just got to reset this button here. Oh, I can man. just picture that. I can just it was picture so that bad, two of that cross with torches going, hey, what's this guy do? One of the switches was the one that we needed to reset and the generator yeah. like went back up and it was maybe like five minutes of downtime and it went up. Your favorite war story. We were producing a conference in Vancouver and we had shipped our signage via certain shipping company. Mm. All of the boxes had arrived and this, all of the shipment to the Vancouver venue in the hotel. So you got to call mahogany or stuff is here to come set up. I go down. Everything is facing to me. So it doesn't look like anything is wrong. And then I pick up the case with our signs and water is just dripping Ooh. out of it. Oh my I'm God. Like, water gets better. We turn it and it is burned. So what happened is they dropped a lamp on it in transit. 
burnt a hole in the package, like in the sign. So you know how we carry all of our signs, all of our directional signage, all of those different pieces in the carrying case, burnt through it, burnt the signs, had to spray it down <laughs> to get the, the fire it. out. But then because they turned it, it didn't look like anything was burned. So they must have literally went to delivery, dropped everything, had the front desk sign off and then left because it didn't look like anything was wrong. <laughs> and we called and they said, it's your error because you didn't use our packing boxes. Damn, y'all burnt my signs that I had to reprint the day before. So they weren't the same quality of the ones that we had printed previously for a conference the next day. I was like, it's my fault. Oh, Lord no. of mercy. <laughs> Yeah. absolutely not oh, no. yeah all i could do was laugh though they were slick yeah to be to put it the other way and have somebody sign off on that what do you think the future of events will look like in la in the next two to three years honestly what i'm saying right now la is so stubborn that it's probably going to look a lot like what it did before the pandemic it's almost as if they don't know how to adapt like they are so desperate in the 18 months that we've had to redefine what events can look like it's almost as if the pandemic didn't happen like we all went into slumber for 18 months and now we're waking up and we're just trying to get back into what what happened before instead of adapting and operating with, within the new parameters that this pandemic has provided us so right now everyone's trying to go back to day parties and and so forth and it's, it's just not sustainable at all but also people out here they don't really not to generalize or overgeneralize but they don't uh, like health and wellness isn't always a priority mm. people really do sacrifice a lot for a good time mm. so i will say in the next two to three years it'll look a lot like before the pandemic I am a huge fan of hybrid events and I'm still advocating, I'm pushing for it. So hopefully if I have any say in it, there'll be a lot more hybrid events that we can reach, you know, audiences from all over and people who can't travel to LA can enjoy LA events, but yeah, stubborn LA. During an event, what do you secretly desire the most? I would love for my family to be with me when I work. I would love for my partner and my son to really be able to experience. I think my job is awesome. What I get to do is really amazing. And I sometimes I just wish I had a loved one to be able to like shadow me and be able to experience it with me and see everything that's going on. It'd that's be really cool. awesome to show them. It's that's very a sweet. beautiful answer. Thank you. <laughs> what trends do you see occurring in the industry? Some of the cool trends I see is we're going back to content first. Yeah, and, really, and realizing that we can design great content and it's at our fingertips. Everything was too much budget or we don't have capacity or we don't have this and everything yes. was down to a timeline. The pandemic showed us that A, you can rethink what your event is, but B, you can also get those speakers and redesign programs within six months, within six weeks without having to be tied. So I feel like the future is definitely going to be more reactionary content too. Like, I feel like it's not going to be that 12 month ahead lead time to design mm -hmm. the content. We're going to do more relevant content. Mm. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And, and when you say content, do you think that the style of content is going to be the same or that is changing as well? 
I feel like the style, if I think of the conferences that we're producing, we're seeing that we don't have to run those 60 minute keynotes. Yes, some sessions do still have the, the conferences do still have the long sessions, but TEDx did something right for a reason. Mm. Shorter content for a reason actionable content for a reason, bite-sized content. There's a reason for it. Yeah, Learning I mean, styles are yeah. coming into play. We're paying attention to people yeah. being auditory learners versus visual learners. Like I feel like all of that is finally coming back to the forefront. If you could give oh, one God. piece of advice for planning a great event in modern times, what would it be? Getting to know who the audience is and building from who they are, what they want, what they are expecting and what they need from the event. We get so caught up in all the different like shiny things that we can do and make it, we're just throwing everything at it um, to make it a good time, but then they'll walk away from it, not really changed. And I like to produce events that are tied to a vision or that are mission-centered results that like impact lives and that doesn't mean that everything has to be like a fundraiser for cancer but even a music festival can yeah. change the trajectory of someone's life we can inspire them or did like events are where we exchange ideas and all that great stuff so if you start with your audience and making sure that you serve a need and you actually um create an experience not something that they just show up to especially with the in-person event they just come and then they spend three hours with you and then they leave but you know especially with virtual events there has to be different things different ways that they can interact and experience and it needs to be like a, a back and forth type of thing where they can give a little bit and they can feel like they play a part in your event and they change they make an impact as well so think of it more as a collaborative effort between you and your audience. And it's not just what you can give them. We were talking to them instead of having a conversation. And that's how people lose their attention. That's how they don't really buy into an event so much is because it, like, it wasn't really designed for them. Past the three-year mark, hmm. what do you see the future of events looking like? I'm so excited about event tech and where it's going. The possibilities are endless. I think we could really see some awesome things in the next few years. I see us being able to to do the like the xenon things that we used to dream about being able to do, being able to transport in time. Very similar to that, where beyond even VR goggles, I'm pretty sure we'll find a way where we can attend events across the world. Like you said, with like haptic vests or what it really becomes an immersive experience as if we were really there. And then I could come out of my VR suit and my goggles and I'm no longer in France, but I'm back at home. Or I could really travel space. I think that's really awesome. That's really cool. I can't wait to see that. That's why I think event tech is going, where, where the event industry is going, where we will be able to enjoy experiences globally, no matter where we are. Any particular events jargon that you use in your personal life that you get called on by your family? Ooh. Oh, this is good. I feel like my family is is immersed in the event world. The first time my daughter, I remember my daughter hearing somebody said hybrid. And it was, I think they're talking about a car or something. She's like, my mother is a hybrid event expert. Like, she has to get <laughs> there is. Most, most people <laughs> wouldn't think that. This is so yeah, funny because I was just having this conversation with my partner last week. He literally had to stop me. And I think that he tried his best, but it's been a few weeks of me like giving work updates and he finally had enough. And he was like, babe, I need you to know that I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what those words mean. And I had to let him know that like I wasn't doing it on purpose. Like we don't try because, but when you're in the industry for so long, these words do become very much the norm for us and run of show. And I can't even remember some of the words I was using. I, I don't even think that they were like advanced event 
jargon of terminology, like, I don't even know, but it happens.